0: This is another episode of the Date Night Podcast, our second official episode of the Date Night Podcast. I wanted to talk about that just real briefly, mostly because when I was listening back to Little Mermaid, we just dove head in. We were just like, yeah, we used to be a podcast, now we're doing this now, so let's go talk about Little Mermaid. (laughs) We just like talked way too fast and glossed over some things. So I want to take time to just explain how this podcast came to be. It all starts because I had a podcast called With a Side of Franchise. That's what the first five episodes of this podcast were from. So those original five episodes that I posted were from a different podcast. That's why there's like different intro. Um, And I kept saying thanks for coming on to cast. But overwhelmingly, people were responding to those ones and downloading those ones and listening to those ones at a higher pace than my original franchise episodes, which... Cass is going to claim it's because she's so funny. <laughs>
1: it, it, I mean, it, what's the difference? Me. It's, That's the only difference.
0: I think it's just because we make a good pair. We were a good team. <laughs> but Cass does make things a little more fun. So, we, Yeah, but it's
1: just like we were hearing like everyone that was like reaching out to him was being like, oh yeah, we like love the date night episodes. Mm. Like
0: For the most part, everyone that was reaching out was saying we really love the date night episodes. I obviously had a lot of people that were, like, close to me saying, like, they really enjoyed the franchise episodes, and my most downloaded episode happened to be a date night episode, mm-hmm. and it was by, like, 20 or 30 downloads. It was up in the in the hundreds, whereas I think Rocky Four was, like, my other next highest download. No, the April award show with uh, film update time was technically my highest downloaded episode, but mm-hmm. that was with a special guest. And the date night episodes, I mean, that just shows, you know, guests get more people interested, which is understandable. So I decided that moving forward, it would just be nice to be able to do this with Cass because one, I love doing everything with her, and two, (laughs) people respond well to those episodes. So that's ultimately where this podcast came from. And I feel like on the Little Mermaid episode, we just like went right over the, we went, we glossed over it really quick. I gave you the spark notes. Yeah. And I just wanted to clarify that. The Little Mermaid is the first inaugural episode of Date Night with Kai and Cass, which originally was supposed to be Date Night with Cass and Kai, because I thought that sounded better, but for some reason you made the, she made the image, because I tried my hand at it, I didn't do a very good job, and she was like, give me like an hour, I'm going to bang it out.
1: Boys just like, they do not have an eye for design.
0: Okay, well, this, this, this is a little... Especially Kyle. A little, I don't have an eye for design. I will say, I don't have an eye for design. You just, like,
1: throw shit onto yeah. the picture. There was like, are like, ah,
0: good. There are plenty of guys out there who can design very well. It's just that I don't have, like, the design... I want to put too much shit on there. And I cluttered everything. And Cass was like, let's keep it simple, stupid.
1: He actually and sent it to me. And I was like, yeah, that looks rough.
0: Yeah. I was like, hey, just just know that, like, I threw this together really quickly Take it easy on me. She looks at it and goes, that's rough. And I was like, okay, you try your hand at it. And the first one she sent me was was excellent. And I was like, all right, well, maybe I should eat my words here. But she designed the image, the logo. Um, We came up with the name just because we already had the date night segment. And also I want to shout out Jake Harris because that, uh, shouting him out was on a With a Side, a franchise episode. He made the intro and the outro song that you hear. Shout out to him. He is awesome. He has uh, his own podcast. He has some music out there. So definitely look him up. And thank you, Jake, for making that. But I'm reusing those few episodes just as a springboard, so you guys have a backlog of episodes to listen to, and also because they were fun. I really enjoyed yeah. them, especially the Magic Mike episode. Uh, <laughs> that was fun because we were like went way in on a movie that was just about a sexy dude dancing with a sexy lady. Like we yeah. were like, let's overanalyze the shit out of this. I enjoyed that, but. This is the Date Night with Kai and Cass yeah. podcast, and each week we're going to bring you a movie that we watched, whether it was in the theaters or uh, we pick one out at home to watch, and just sort of give our thoughts on that. And yeah,
1: and we would love to hear like any re- like recommendations from you guys. Like if you want us to cover a movie, like say it's like your favorite movie, and you like just want to hear us like talk about it, um, definitely send it our way. We'd love to do some fan recommendations. Yes.
0: Yeah, so, so obviously, if you want to hit us up for that. You can hit me up on Instagram at movieguy__kai. That's typically where we do all of the podcasting stuff. Or you can email us at kkdatenight at gmail.com. You can send your submissions there, like your requests there. We'll get to them. Cass is really, really looking forward to seeing those. She really wants to do things that you guys want to hear. So, you know, help my girl out. Make my girl happy. Don't make me have to come (laughs) over there. I don't want to have to do that.
1: Back to the name thing. I put your name first because like... This really is like, movies are like Kyle's heart and soul. Like, this Mm -hmm. is definitely like his, it's his Well, if you
0: look at the, if you look at the bio for what this podcast is, it's like, tell us a quick synopsis of your, about the podcast. And if you click on it, which do now, and you can read along with me, I say literally that Kyle is self-proclaimed cinephile and his girlfriend, Cassidy, who's just along for the ride. Just along for the
1: ride. (laughs) So like, I was like, really, his name should go first. It's his podcast. I'm just here to, you know. Make it better. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you spice it up. I do appreciate I do appreciate uh, you doing that for me. But I did think it sounded better with Cass and Kai. But I appreciate you thinking of me and putting me first. I appreciate that. So this week's episode, I got to pick. And you guys know me. I was looking back to the episodes. It's not an even disparity of who picks what. So we're going to get to that. I've picked the majority of the episodes. I think four of the six I've ended up picking. But we're going to switch off weeks. Moving forward, but this week was my 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 pick. And you obviously know your boy, if you look back on the episodes, he loves himself some horror movies. Yes. I love myself some horror movies. Cass not so much. She's willing to watch them now specifically because I am in love with horror movies, mm-hmm. but she didn't like them beforehand and she's a good she's a good trooper when it comes to this. I decided to go ahead and pick Stephen King's The Boogeyman.
1: The boogie woogie woogie man.
0: Oh my god! You, I can't believe you actually said that. She, would, we would do test runs before we actually start the podcast to make sure the microphone and stuff is sounding right. And she kept saying boogie woogie woogie man. It's like why? You're killing me. That's um, the actual spice that you add. Your salt <laughs> by over there.
1: Yeah, but so I didn't really watch horror movies before I started dating Kyle. Mm-hmm. I was like, probably had seen like a handful. Mm-hmm. Like could count on one to two hands how many horror movies I'd seen in my entire life. Hands,
0: so I'd hope you'd be able to do it on two hands.
1: Well, I'm just saying, like, between, like, <laughs> five and ten. I have five fingers on one and five fingers on the other. Ten. It <sighs> <Almost> was <laughs> <But>, a ten. <laughs> um, but then I started dating Kyle. And we've been together for three and a half years now. Mm-hmm. And I've probably seen almost every single freaking horror movie there is to see.
0: Yep. Watch a lot of them. <laughs> Watch a lot of them. So, the reason I picked this, uh, as we do every week from now on, we're going to tell you guys why we picked it. And I think this one's pretty clear. If you know me as a person... You know I am a Stephen King dick rider. I am obsessed. I love him. I love everything he does. And so I actually read the short story earlier this year. I read it in January. And me being a Stephen King fan, you'd think I'd know the Boogeyman's coming out. Mm-hmm. I had no fucking clue until I went to his website in like February. Because I mm-hmm. go to his website because sometimes he posts updates on books, and <laughs> he also posts updates on movies. And I was I was looking really Up-dicks. to see oh uh, uh, update. yeah. updates <laughs> on uh his movies and his books and i actually was looking to see if he had any updates on the, the salem lot movie and i saw the boogeyman i was like no fucking way i just read that let's go and i was really really excited to see how they took that like 10 15 page short story and made it into a 90 minute feature and that's why i ultimately picked it i love stephen king i read the short story so i want to see how they compare mm-hmm. what uh when i said we're going to see the boogeyman what were your initial like feelings
1: Well, first off, he told me, we're going to see The Boogeyman on Wednesday.
0: Right. We got to see it early. Thank (laughs) you to AMC. Not like they sponsor this. It's because I pay them $20 a month and I'm able to see things early like that.
1: Which, so I had to go see this movie after work. And I know some people, some people love to do things after work. I think that's freaking nuts.
0: (laughs) Yeah, more power to those people. I just More power. Like
1: when I go out after work and I see people like out and around, like eating out at restaurants, like hanging. I'm like... Do people do this? Like, you
0: don't just, like, go home and die for the rest of the night? (laughs)
1: Like, do people actually, like, do things after work?
0: Let us know, actually, if you do things after work, because we We definitely don't. don't. We're
1: the type, we come home, Mm -hmm. dinner, we have dinner, we watch our TV, and we go to bed. Uh I'm coming home from work, and changing into my jammies. Yeah. Even though I pretty much work in jammies. (laughs) Because for those of you who don't know, I am a nurse. I work in the operating room, and so I wear jammies every day. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> Fair enough.
1: Yeah.
0: So, so you were like not about it when we were going, when we were going Oh to yeah, that's it. what we were talking yeah. about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I was like, oh fine, like we'll go. I
0: remember asking, so I was like, I will go alone. I will go alone. I have no problem doing it, but I really want to do this on the podcast mm-hmm. because I'm not going to p- push you to go to see a movie you don't really want to see early. Yeah. And on a weekday.
1: Yeah. And
0: you were like, no, I'll go. What time is it? And I was like seven and it's like, at the theater that's like 20 minutes away and you're like oh okay
1: (laughs) almost pushing bedtime a little but we'll be fine also like i every single time we make plans for after work something happens and i like have to stay late yeah like it's like as i've said like we don't do things after work we've probably planned things like three times (laughs) after work in like the past three months and every single time they come up to me at work and they're like, Can you stay late? Yeah. And I'm just like, I am a hardcore people pleaser. It hurts me to my core to say no to people.
0: That's why you said yes to going to see the movie. <laughs> exactly.
1: But so when they ask me, I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm sorry. I really can't today. I'm going to see a movie. And I wonder what they were thinking. If they're like, oh, she goes to see movies after work? They're probably like, that's a normal <laughs> thing people
0: do after work is do things. <laughs> but no, I think you also you never say no to them. So like,
1: no, I can't one time
0: that. is is not gonna isn't gonna hurt you. And they even got you out right on time too. Yeah, they were like, they I ended up not
1: staying late, but there's so a chance.
0: That's though. That's how we came to be. That's how we came to be the podcast. That's how we went to go see the movie. And we're gonna go ahead and jump into our next section, which is the trailer game. And we'll do that now.
1: Hit. the dark. It's like all those spooky monsters you think are hiding under your bed. It's not real. What is this? It's the thing that comes for your kids when you're not paying attention.
0: So in this section here, I read off the trailers that we saw for the movie and then Cassidy gives us a yay or nay on it. And what was a little different is we saw this movie early. So typically there aren't as many trailers and there weren't this time. I think there were only, there were only three trailers that we actually are going to cover today. Mm -hmm. And the, it was weird because when you go to these early releases, for like 10 minutes, they just show the title card yeah, of like, the like, movie. I, I, and you're like, are they going to do the trailers anytime soon? I literally
1: looked at Kyle and I'm like, are there no trailers?
0: Yeah, you yeah and I was like, <laughs> I think so. Like, I don't know what's going on. Because the last time I went to go see, uh, we've seen, you know, we've seen, um Are You There, got Me Margaret early, Dungeons and Dragons early. And both of those, when we saw them early... Uh, had trailers that started pretty much right away. Yeah. But the Are You There got us me? Margaret actually started with like a fifteen minute reading of the book. Do you remember? Oh, she yeah, like yeah, Judy yeah. Bloom, I think her name. Uh, she read the book for like fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. Like the whole first like twenty pages or some shit like and, that. Uh, when
1: we first sat down at that movie, I looked at Kyle and I'm like, is this are we actually seeing the movie? Or I was, are we just yeah. seeing like is she just gonna read the the story to us? It like, actually
0: I actually got on my phone and looked up to make sure the tickets were for the movie and weren't because they do things like that where they're like you get to like they had one with uh, the machine, Burt Kreischer. You got to watch like a bit of his stand-up before you saw the movie.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I was worried. I was like, oh, fuck. Did we sign up for like the <laughs> reading and not the movie? Like, what's going on here? And so sometimes they do things like that. And with this one, they didn't do that. They were just like, "Hey, oh, and with the Dungeons & Dragons, we got to have a little chat with the cast. We didn't have a chat with the cast. The cast <laughs> was, was chatting on the screen and they were talking about what the movie meant to them and thank yeah. you for coming to see it. Whereas the Boogeyman, it was just like, the Boogeyman, premiering June 2nd for 10 minutes. Yeah. And I was like, yo, Dead what's silence. happening?
1: Dead silence. All you hear is people eating and rummaging in yeah. their, their candy bags. You know, chit-chatting and all that. Like, and it's um... like, is
0: this, did we fuck up? And like, is Stephen King <laughs> going to like read us the short story? What's about to happen? So the first trailer we got is... Terrible segue there. I'm just jumping right in. The first trailer we got is A Haunting in Venice. This, if you don't know, goes along with Death on the Nile and Murder... On the Orient Express, this is the third movie in that trilogy, which is basically, if you don't know, like, Knives Out, Glass Onion, it's about a dude who basically solves a murder.
1: Right, but without the humor of, like, Glass Onion, right?
0: I'm not going to lie to you. I have seen the first 20 minutes of Death on the Nile and fell asleep, and that is it. I have not watched the murder on the Orient Express. I have not watched Death on the Nile, even though I really want to. Just for some reason, can't sit down to see them. I can't speak to that, if they are funny or not. But if I had to guess, I would say that they're definitely not as, they're not meant to be as funny as Knives Out. A little humor here and there, obviously, but more of a drama aspect, I think. Again, I'm speaking out of school because I don't, I haven't seen them, so I don't know.
1: Yeah. No, I want to watch that one. We've actually been talking a while about watching the first two. Yes.
0: I've, I've been saying like for a while, I would really like to watch those ones.
1: Yeah. And at the movies, you're like, this is part of like a trilogy, but you didn't tell me like what, what trilogy. trilogy was, yeah. No, but we've been talking about watching the first two for a while, so I think we should definitely like make a thing and like go see the first, like, like watch the first two and, and then go see the it. Third. Yeah, I think it'd be fun. Yeah.
0: So that's a yes for you. Yeah, it's a yes for me. I'm, I'm I want to see those movies. Bad. The cast also looks stacked, and also the fact that it's like a whodunit murder mystery type thing. But I love with, those. And but like with a uh, an extra like a supernatural element mm-hmm. is just so fascinating. Like I can't wait. <laughs> the next again leaning into the horror vibes. We are gonna get a trailer for the remake of A Haunted Mansion with Owen Wilson and Lakeith. Uh, what's his name? Lakeith Steinfeld or something like that. That one
1: looks good. I want to watch that one too. I
0: can't fucking wait, man. <laughs> when they first announced they were remaking it, I was upset. Mm-hmm. I love the original one. Love, 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 love. It used to terrify me as a kid, and as an adult, still enjoy Who it.
1: Who's in that? Is Eddie it Murphy. He? Okay. Yeah.
0: But seeing the cast that they got for this, I was a little less worried. And seeing the trailer, I was like, they're really up in the scare factor here, and I like that. It yeah. looks. You know, scary for children, which is the point, but also like has bits and pieces where I was like, damn, that's a little spine tingling. Yeah, there was, <laughs> a,
1: there was a lot more people, like big pe- names in it than just Owen Wilson, right? Like who else? Oh my was God, it that like?
0: cast was absolutely stacked. Let me pull it up real quick. So the cast actually is listen to this, you ready? Jared Leto, Lakeith Stanfield, Owen Wilson, Tiffany Haddish, oh, yeah. Ryan Gosling, mm-hmm. Danny DeVito, Jamie Lee Curtis, oh, yeah, yeah, Rosario yeah. Dawson, Winona Ryder, <laughs> Dan Levy and Hassan Minaj with a bunch of other people. But those are like the big names yeah. that I recognize. That cast huge. is massive. It's huge. It's huge. <laughs> I can't wait to see that. I am like, as soon as the trailer came on, as soon as it was like over, I, was, I mean, I was like, just show me that. Yeah. Just go ahead and show me that oh right now. I can't wait. I can't wait. So that's a definite yes. I think, no, because I just remembered what's coming. So I was going to say, I think this might be the first time we ever get an all yes on the podcast. It's definitely not. Because uh, the next trailer we got... <laughs> Was about 25 seconds and it's called Poor Things with Emma Stone.
1: Oh, I love Emma Stone, so yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll see it for her. Yeah,
0: I'm 50, I don't totally 50. remember what
1: that one's about though.
0: We that's the thing, it, this, the trailer was 25 seconds, it showed it literally only showed her like getting off of a table and then walking outside, and that was it. You
1: almost like Emma Stone did not look like Emma, Emma Stone. Stone at like you almost couldn't tell. Like, I was watching it and I was like, wow, she looks familiar. <laughs> Who is
0: that? Yeah, and then
1: I was like. I was like, that's freaking out of stone? And mm-hmm. I was like, could not tell.
0: Could not tell either, yeah. I, I. And what's funny is right before we... I'd never heard of Poor Things. And right before we got to the theater, I was scrolling on my phone. Or right before we, we left to go to the theater, I was scrolling on my phone. And I saw a little blurb for it from Letterboxd. It was like, here's the trailer for Poor Things. And I was like, ah, I'll see it eventually. And... Because I don't go out of my way to watch fucking trailers, that's for sure. Get to the theater. And they play it. While I love the fact it was short, I have no clue what it's about. She just like got off no. the table, walked outside, and it was like poor things and i was like oh i'll watch it because emma stone but so we are gonna get a full our first ever full yes i don't think we've gotten that before like it's a tentative full yes but we got it you know what i mean before we you know really sink our teeth into our thoughts on this though we do like to talk about our theater experience so we got to see it early as you know and these movies tend to draw massive crowds Mm -hmm. what was the vibe in there like and how did you feel about it the crowd that we were with the audience
1: yeah, you know the crowd for this one was pretty unremarkable.
0: You think so? I couldn't disagree more. Really? Yeah, I thought the I thought the audience had electric reactions to everything. Huh? I thought it was a lot of fun. People on uh, next to us, in front of us, they were jumping and like screaming. And the very first scene, spoilers obviously, in the very first scene when that baby is killed. And the blood squirts onto the picture. And they were
1: like, oh, shit. And And this literally,
0: like, people were yelling, and this one woman goes, oh, shit. They killed a baby. And I was like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like, let's get into it. If we're going to talk during a movie, at least have it be (laughs) something that's, like, reacting to the movie and not just, like, your own little conversation. I thought it was electric. Anytime anything really scary happened, people were screaming and yelling. And, like, one guy even said, uh, there's a scene where the little girl... Um, gets thrown into the TV by the boogeyman and, like slams into the TV <laughs> and someone screamed, damn, he threw her. <laughs> like just an electric audience, I think.
1: I, maybe it's because it was a, a few days ago. I'm just like, I don't really mm-hmm. recall that well, I guess.
0: Yeah, maybe. I had a really, I had a great time like reacting to people reacting to things <laughs> because the trailer gave away, I think, the best scares. So I don't think people who hadn't seen the trailer were prepared for a lot of the scares that were coming. So I knew they were coming so I didn't react. But yeah. the other people's reactions to the scares... That I knew coming were fucking priceless. I was like, yes, I love that. And
1: yeah. honestly, might be because like my mind was not really on the movie
0: or on the on the audience.
1: No, well, no, like on the movie. Like I just got a call like from like right before we went into the movie that yeah. my grandmother had broken her hip. Right,
0: right, right. She's right.
1: she's fine. She's good, but
0: right. maybe that's
1: why because I was just like kind of. I you know, don't
0: know. Yeah, you were kind of like processing the fact your grandmother broke her her hip yeah yeah that's i mean that's a fair point
1: so maybe maybe that i was swayed a little bit Mm -hmm. i was kind of not
0: yeah yeah but uh sorry
1: to bring the bring the crowd down
0: they bring you here to keep us up man no i'm just i'm just kidding fire fire me now i'm just kidding (laughs) uh the but you have to admit even after the movie it was fun because people there's like a shit ton of people trying to get on the elevator because the theater we went to has three floors and the escalator down is broken so you have to take the escalator or the elevator <laughs> Let's the talk elevator about that. hold on no, no. the elevator only fits like 10 people and so Max. Ma- like that's like tight and so the other day I went and it's been 3 fucking months with this escalator so I've been going down the up escalator but I shit you not I was like I'm just going down the up escalator I've done it before I did it a couple weeks ago I did it last time I was here I'll just do it now I got on the escalator and walked in place four steps and never <laughs> left the top at the top step. And I looked back at Cass and I was like, nope, not happening. Get yeah. not do it. And
1: <laughs> first off, like this set of escalators is like the tallest escalator I've ever, ever seen. Like it's like through a th- three story escalator. Like yeah. it would take him probably half an hour
0: it, to get I mean, it, it does. It. Well, the last time I was doing it, I was texting you and I actually started to get dizzy and had to put my phone away. And was like, focus yeah. on the stairs, man. Focus on the stairs. Yeah,
1: and I don't know how he did that because I, like, I would, right away I was like, uh-uh. I was like, I can't do that. I have a hard time just, like, stepping onto an escalator. Yeah, you were like,
0: I can't do that. And I was like, watch me. I got oh, this. Oh, come
1: on. Literally,
0: come on. <laughs> literally took four steps in place. Never he's, moved. Never moved <laughs> once. And I turned around. It was like, not happening. And yeah. Cass goes, Cass goes, you liar, you've never done that before. And I was like, I swear I have. I've done it a couple times. I promise. <laughs> I would say when I
1: would have recorded it, it. Cass, was like <laughs>
0: Cass, and, then, and then you were like, you to protect my pride, you were like, they must have turned the speed <laughs> up. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, they turned the speed up on you. You couldn't have gone down. It was too fast. I love you, baby. You're not, you're not less of a man because you couldn't go down the up escalator. <laughs> That shit was so funny, and then obviously because we tried to, I tried to pull that stunt, we lost our spot in the elevator line. We and were I like one of
1: the first ones out of the theater, <laughs> yeah. and he's like, "Now nah, let's go. I'm, I'm gonna walk down the up escalator." And I don't know why he thought I would ever be able to do that because it's like a running joke between us about how mm-hmm. bad. bad I am yeah, on escalators. Bad escalator.
0: She's the only person I've ever met that will fall down going up the up escalator. Like you will fall down. You I have, have to, to like, like mentally yourself. prep
1: before I step on. Like I'm like, it's like a, like. I gotta get the perfect moment to yeah. step onto that escalator. It's gotta be an inner ear thing I...
0: with you. <laughs> it's gotta be an inner ear issue or something. I
1: can't do the escalators.
0: So finally, I swallowed my pride, licked my wounds, and got in line for the elevator. And we were the third, the group to go in. And what's funny is the second we get in the elevator, we were the first ones in. People started flowing in, piled and in. this this dude stepped on, and the elevator fucking shook.
1: It's and everybody was like, "Whoa, big fella!"
0: The guy in front of us was like, "Whoa, big fella, careful now!" How many people in this elevator hold? <laughs> and it was just like that's the that's the energy I was like taught like the whole movie felt like that interaction like everyone was just in yeah, on the joke of, yeah uh, people were trying to find stairs to go down and this one girl was like I found stairs but you won't go with me and I'm not going alone I'm not being fucking killed because you won't take the stairs with me <laughs> and I was like we just watched a movie about the boogeyman and people are legitimately scared to go down yeah, the, stair the stairs by themselves love it uh, love it people were literally a guy was like oh there's stairs over here and his wife or girlfriend or whoever he was with was like. And I was like, "That's what I'm talking about." I was like, "Stick to your guns, man." Yeah. But we. But it
1: was f- another thing that happened in the elevator that was really funny. Is like on the way down, they were like, "They were like, well, I do know like we should just lay down if like <laughs> yeah. if it starts falling." And I'm like, "How the fuck are we all gonna lay down?" Like to, I said that to this <laughs> elevator, this es- elevator, elevator, elevator group. full. It's like 10 people in there. I'm like, how the fuck are we all going to lay down? And who's going to be on the
0: bottom? And I, I, some someone in there was like, we could all jump at the same time if it, if it starts to fall. And then Cass said, uh, yeah, stack it. We could we could lay down. Or someone said we could lay down. And you're like, how the fuck are we supposed to do that? And I was like, we could stack each other up. And then yeah. one dude goes, well, if we get stuck in here, who's getting eaten first? Like, who's volunteering to go first? And then he looked at the guy who got on the elevator last and was like, you big fella? And I was like, leave that guy alone, man. What's he doing? The shit was like that. Was just the energy was. I really enjoyed the energy. I thought it. (laughs) That was the
1: best part of the movie. I thought the the.
0: I think that our (laughs) grades are gonna be very different, and I think my grade is swayed by the fact that I love Stephen King, Uh and that I am also basing the interactions and the energy into my into my grade. I really struggled with this grade. Really struggled with it. So when we get into that part, I'll talk about my struggles. But I really had a hard time grading this movie for a lot of (laughs) a lot of reasons. Any other things you want to talk about for the experience? Snacks or whatever? I don't think did we even get snacks or?
1: No, I didn't get popcorn in the whole movie. I was looking next to me at the people
0: popcorn. <laughs> the I guy was, sitting right next to me is I mowing like, down, and you are like, "Should have got fucking popcorn." I was like, "We didn't get fucking
1: popcorn." Me and Kyle are trying to be healthy, and he's like, "We're good. We just had dinner. Like, we don't need we don't need snacks." I'm just yep. like, "Fucking fucking dang! Fucking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want fucking." And we get, like, get there early popcorn.
0: enough, Lord knows, to get line to get line but for I'm snacks because. Like, yeah. I like to get the early, but that's going to conclude this section. (laughs) We're going to go ahead and lock the door to the closet now. That's a good segue. (laughs) That's a
1: good (laughs) segue. Honestly, though, like, closets should definitely have locks on them.
0: So in this section, this is the meat potatoes of the of the podcast. You could say we're gonna lock the door to the clo- lock the lock the lock to the closet, lock the door to the closet and <laughs> talk about our thoughts on the movie. The floor is yours. What do you have to say? You leaned over to me actually and said something that I was like, Yeah, I I looked at you and I was like, I know.
1: Yeah. So like the big, so this movie, it's about these two girls and their dad and their mom just died. Mm-hmm. Car accident.
0: The whole thing is a, a, a metaphor for grief. Metaphor for grief. grief
1: yeah. Yes. Um, so the boogeyman is pretty much the monster that hunts out like trauma, and then pretty yeah. much just like destroys the rest of the family.
0: Kind of reminded me a little bit, which of which is pretty mix. much
1: like grief, like when a traumatic event happens, like the gr- grief will destroy the family.
0: Absolutely. And um, there's a very specific person who's not grieving.
1: Yes. And so. Obviously, the youngest girls, how is it in most movies, is the one that's interacting with the monster or has interactions with the monster first. And it's because young children are the easiest targets. Yeah. They're the easiest to believe. They're the easiest to scare. Like, they're the easiest.
0: And they're more then, perceptible to those things. You know what I mean? They haven't been conditioned to be like, no, that's not real.
1: Yeah. And then the teenage daughter starts seeing it.
0: So just for reference, these, the younger daughter's name is Sawyer and the older daughter's name is Sadie. Sadie.
1: Yeah. And so then Sadie starts seeing the monster and they start having interactions with this monster and it's like the monster is like banging around making noises in their house like they can hear it and it's like where the hell is their dad?
0: You said that to me in the theater and yes. I gave you this look like... I like I, come yeah. on, man. I don't fucking... Like,
1: anymore. I literally looked over because, like, we see in the beginning, like, the dad literally works from home.
0: Works? He's home 24-7. He like, works from home, lives at office, home. his office, like,
1: he's a psychiatrist or yeah. whatever, and his office where he sees his patients is literally in his home. Which, which is a bad stuff, idea. I would never freaking do that. Like, that's crazy. Like, yeah. why do you want to know? Like, these people that you're seeing obviously have mental issues and I'm not speaking illy about them but like why would you want them knowing where you live
0: especially ones that are like the man who sets this the whole thing in motion billings yeah uh, i think i can't remember his first name but his last name was billings and he goes into the home and kills himself in the home yeah like you're just opening i get it saves money uh makes it a little more personal for people i've been to a therapist who worked out of her home the whole thing just really freaked me out it just feels it's like just weird it just feels like you're setting yourself up for something bad to happen yeah and that's exactly what did happen. But yeah. but to get to your point was that he was just fucking absent. Yeah. 90%. I thought the movie was going to be about him handling the boogeyman. Yeah. And it was more about Sadie handling the boogeyman. Because yeah. the whole thing, I thought, okay, we're going to deal with grief. Their mother died in a car accident. He's clearly not dealing with it. He's going to have to face that in the form of the boogeyman. Yeah. But he doesn't. Yeah. He's a non-factor through the movie, essentially, until the very end when he is basically kidnapped by the boogeyman mm-hmm. and lured into the basement.
1: But yeah, so he like literally, you know he works from home. But yet, it's like 6 p.m., uh, it's dark out. The kids are supposed to be in bed, and they're hearing noises, and where the heck is dad?
0: Slamming noises, and like, electric, like, the little girl, uh, Sawyer's like, walking around through the house, like, like throwing like, her say, ball like, Sadie, around. Like,
1: Sadie, I know that, like, Sadie, right. I know it's you. Like, she's, she's literally yelling. Yelling,
0: and, yelling. And,
1: and like, the dad's just like, nowhere to be found. And it's just like, where is he?
0: Right. I, it was a little unbelievable. Horror movies, I come to bat for them time and time and time and time and time again, and I always will. You have to suspend your disbelief, right? But my issue is we're dealing with children whose dads... Like, if you're like, yeah, he's a psychiatrist who works out of the home. He has to go to the the emergency room occasionally, do all this stuff. You've established he is home 24-7 and schedules his appointments around his kid's schedule because the opening scene, he kicks a patient out, basically, because he he has to take his kids to school. He has to pick right back up when he gets home and then has to end his day when he has to go get them. Where is he... When they are leaving school all of a sudden, how the fuck is Sawyer even getting home when he's picking, we've established, he's picking them up, he's dropping them off. She has to take the bus all of a sudden, even though, like, she has to take the bus home at one scene, and we're like, but we've established dad's gonna pick you up, where the fuck is the sister, and all, like, the whole mess with, my whole biggest issue with this movie was that the characters' timelines, to me, just didn't match up. He's
1: just gone. And I'm sorry, but, like, most parents, like, if you hear your child get up in the night like you're waking up you know especially if they're walking down the hallway yelling for their sister or like screaming in bed like
0: another thing i found incredibly hard to believe that was just like it's one of the scarier creepier parts to me in the whole movie but it just doesn't make sense is the boogeyman learning to mimic the voices the boogeyman in this mimics the voices really well his whole thing is he mimics voices makes you lure into the closet he gets you right my issue with that is the noise were so guttural and loud and just boisterous that you could tell something was wrong and these people aren't waking up. He's in the closet going, uh, uh, uh," like learning to speak like the mother, and none of these kids are waking up. It just, I was like... And
1: like slamming doors. Slamming doors, yeah. And and the dad's not waking up. He's nowhere to be found. And it's just like really strange.
0: Sadie has a loose tooth. They tie it to a doorknob and... uh, Or Sawyer has a loose tooth. Sadie ties it to a doorknob and walks away. Because Sadie changes, Sawyer changes her mind. The door slams shut. The dad doesn't come in to ask what's going on. Sawyer starts screaming and crying. The dad doesn't come in to ask what's going on. Yeah. The tooth is missing when they wake up in the morning, and nobody questions the fact that it's missing. Um, the guttural, the guttural mimicking noises coming from the closet. Nobody's waking up to that, dude. I'm telling you right now, my dog sneezes in the middle of the night. My dog breathes too loud in the middle of the night. I'm waking up. I couldn't imagine having a thing in the closet going, like, oh God, it was terrible.
1: Gonna <laughs> it was. It's going to
0: sound great. But it was just like, that took me out because I was like, why are these people not, I know we're supposed to suspend their disbelief, but I have a really hard time yeah. being like, they wouldn't wake up to that. There's no fucking way. Yeah.
1: yeah. Also, I have a very hard time with scary movies. Sometimes when like, it just doesn't make sense.
0: It just doesn't make sense.
1: It just doesn't... Like, you, that, he is the parent. Like, where the hell is he? Like, right. I know they're trying to make it scarier by being like, the little girl and the sister are dealing with this scary monster alone. And the
0: dad's not present because he's not dealing with the grief. But you've established he's home 24-7. But he's there. What is,
1: where, what is he doing?
0: You're, if you're <laughs> going to have him away from the home, you need to have the mother's art studio because he's cleaning that out in one scene. Mm-hmm. And she thinks it's the boogeyman, but it's her dad. If he's doing that, that need that studio needed to be in the garage or out of the house. That would have made way more sense. Uh, he needs to be have his uh, his own psychiatric practice out of the house, or maybe be an ER psychiatrist or psychologist, whatever they are. Yeah. I just felt that like they really did hype up. They were like, "Let's make this scary and not question where the characters are going to be, wherever they are. Let's just scare them." Yeah. And it's like, yeah, okay, that's cool, but like the story isn't making sense when the dad is supposed to be around and he's just not.
1: Yeah, and I feel like I do that a lot in scary. They do that a lot in scary movies. Like the parents just like. Are not around because Mm -hmm. it's scary to see like kids. There's no adult. Yeah, there's no adult
0: to handle the situation. That's left to the kids.
1: But it's just like so unrealistic to me.
0: One thing that I will say is that Stephen King does a good job at explaining that in like It. Mm -hmm. The why? Where are the adults? Where are the adults? It is explained explicitly that the adults in it don't pay attention to their children because of it. Pennywise has manipulated the town. Into basically ignoring the children, ignoring the problem of the children. That's why the parents aren't there. They didn't explain shit in this. They were like, Yeah, the dad's around. He's there. It just felt like when you leaned over and you're like, Where's the dad? He's nowhere. (laughs) And I'm like, I fucking know. That's why I was looking at you like, I gave her this look like, I know. Like, it's fucking stressing me out. Where's the dad? It makes no sense. And then he only comes back in the end basically to be fodder and set us into the third act because he gives the big pep talk to the older sister Sadie and she's like, Someone has to deal with this and it's gonna be me. And that's basically all he served for. And I was like, why, why? Yeah, and, I just didn't get. Yeah, it. And I just then didn't you like also had part. like
1: the side story of like the girls that were mean to Sadie. What the fuck and was it's like, that? Why did we? Why did we need that in there at all? At all?
0: At all? It's like what to make them villainous, so we don't even get to see them have their comeuppance, and nothing happens to them in the end. Like they're just bitches and get away with it. Yeah. I, Like what was that? Was I he pointed was literally, them literally
1: to just shove her in the closet, so she comes face to face with the monster. Like that's you the done whole that. fucking point. You
0: could have done that in any other way. You could have set that up in so many different ways. You could have set that up with some sort of pet potentially being in the home, going into the closet, and her going in after the pet. Yeah. And the pet being the boogeyman. You could have had the friends come over and be like, when they like when they when they were like, let's go into the closet or let's go into your mother's studio. They could have been like, let's what, what's going on in the closet, and they could have all gone in there or something. But yeah. to have them all be bitches. Like, straight up, These people were these people were fucking assholes. They had no redeeming qualities. They clearly did not like this girl. And yet she still is like, yeah, house. let's have a sleepover. And then she's agreeing to go into her dead mother's studio to show her where this man killed himself in their house. I was like, you're taking me out completely yeah. with this part of the story. Because what purpose is this serving? Have the solo friend. Whatever that friend's name was. I can't remember her yeah. name. Stephanie, I think it was, maybe. A lot of S names in this. I think I her name was Stephanie. was Stephanie. But... Oh, the actress who plays her name is Stephanie, I think, actually. But Bethany, it's Bethany. Bethany. So have Bethany still be in the story, but like, be nice. Yeah. Like she is nice to her, but like, what's the point of having these other friends around that are bitches? Is it to build up sympathy for the character? We already have sympathy for the character. Her mom's dead, okay. Her dad's not around. We get it. Like,
1: there's no reason for the those girls to be in the movie at all.
0: At all. It just felt like let's add some time with
1: this. It made you mad. Like you're like. No girls are actually like girls can be mean, yes, but no, there no girl is actually going to do this.
0: Yeah, I I mean I can't I can't speak to that. I don't know what people are capable of, but it just felt like in this movie it felt so out of place. This movie isn't about her friendships at all. So why are we getting into those? It just felt extra. It felt so extra. It felt so unnecessary. Mm-hmm. It felt so unnecessary. Uh, we've been shitting on this movie for a minute. But I, I would like to say something positive about it. I think that the scares <laughs> were really effective. The
1: scares were good. I actually was telling someone at work that, like, after I saw it, I'm like, honestly, there were a lot of jump scares. A lot like, of jump like, scares. I jumped a lot at this movie.
0: I do think that the scariest scene to me is the thing, the boogeyman mimicking the voices. Anytime we hear the boogeyman mimic the voices, I, I like made my skin crawl because it sa- it's so gross and guttural and deep. And then it like mixes with the voices trying to mimic leading to the voice and then it falters back into that grossness mm-hmm. and i was like that's actually terrifying yeah, that's the, actually de- the like, actual, like fucked up
1: boogeyman is very creepy
0: creepy looking very creepy yeah. looking i am glad i will say i'm glad we didn't get a full look at him yeah. i truly wish we had never seen him though at the ending when they okay. light him on fire and they like wait, save the day by killing him i wish we had ne- i wish they lit him on fire and they we could see from which he's
1: clearly still alive at the very end.
0: Yeah, I mean you can't kill the boogeyman, you know what I mean. Which is another thing <laughs> was, uh, ta- I, I'll talk talk about that later. God damn it, the fucking ending, man. The we you could have gotten the perspective of, hey, the boogeyman's on fire, but we're looking at the people looking at the boogeyman on fire. I would have preferred that. Sometimes see, you just I don't need to see the boogeyman.
1: It was, it was really creepy like when um the boogeyman pinned Sadie down. And, like, opened its mouth really wide. And, like, another, like, face, like, was... There. another Yeah, like an
0: alien. It was, like, from Alien. The little yeah, thing and, inside like, of its mouth is another... Yeah,
1: jaw. That was creepy. I thought the boogeyman was creepy. And I honestly, like... I know you like to, like... The artsiness of movies where you, like, don't actually see, like, the thing that's scary because...
0: It can ruin the movie, in my opinion. If it doesn't look good, it can take you out of the moment. But I
1: thought... I honestly thought the boogeyman was scary. And the way it crawled around, like, it was really creepy.
0: I liked how the scene specifically where... I'll I'll actually agree with you on this portion, where Sawyer's in front of the TV, and she's like shooting the Zelda... She's playing Zelda, and she's shooting an arrow to light the room around, and you can just faintly see the outline of the boogeyman crawling around. Loved that. Mm -hmm. Loved that. Because it was just enough to be like, oh shit, it's There's something creepy about not seeing something fully. When you are like in the water, and it's murky, but you see something moving, or... Like the boogeyman, when something's in the dark, you're not afraid of the thing. You're not afraid like of the darkness. You're afraid of the thing in the darkness that you can't see. Yeah. You know what I mean? I love that. In the
1: scene where she rolls the ball under the bed.
0: And and you just
1: quickly see like it start to like skitter across the floor. Yeah.
0: That was I really like when they kick the door open and it runs from the closet to the underneath the bed Mm. and she can't quite get up fast enough. So you just see like the black ends of its feet crawling under but just so faint like kicks the carpet yeah. out cuz it's trying so hard to go it's like i have goosebumps right now that works for me because that is so terrifying cuz you don't see it yeah cuz that's just like oh my god and what the fuck is that it's
1: so creepy when she's like first like looks under her bed and it's just like the black. darkness Pitch and you black. can't see like the edges of your bed like how mm-hmm. dark it is under there and it's like anything could be hiding in that darkness right. like that's what's creepy about cuz like everyone's afraid of like monsters under the bed like of course i used to like as a little kid when I would go to my bed at night, like if I had to get up and go to the bathroom or something, when I came back, I would stop like four feet from my bed and just launch, jump,
0: launch. Yeah, like I you was would, not. You turn the light off and race the monster to your bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like <laughs> yeah. I was
1: not getting close enough to my bed, standing so they could grab my feet. Like it was yep. a run and jump, yep. so they couldn't get me. And also. Feet, pants, never hung over the yeah, never hung over the sides of the bed. <laughs> so like, I get like the like that scene of just like having the monster hu- actually hide under the bed and her looking under and it just being like pitch, pitch black. black, like she can't see, and then rolling the light under and seeing mm-hmm. the quick little skitter of legs from the like, which freaks her out
0: and rolls her off the bed because she's like, what the fuck? Like she panicked, yeah, she, and she rolls falls off the bed. The bed yeah, I uh, quit real quick. I actually growing up was terrified of. I had such a bad dream. I must have been like twelve. Like I was old. To be having like nightmares this bad and being like this reactive to them, where I woke up and I immediately disassembled my frame, Your took friend. my frame off of the, Jesus. took my bed off the frame, disassembled it. My mom was like, "What are you doing?" It's three in the morning. I was like, "No more underneath my bed. Mattress has been on the floor ever since until I met you." <laughs> That's until so I started dating you, my mattress has been on the floor because I just have never been comfortable having it underneath the bed. Huh. And this is just I think even today, like if I I do hang my legs over the edge of the bed, yeah. I do do that, but. I like to tempt the monster. I'm like, come on, fishy fishy. No, I don't. I curl the blanket underneath my feet and pull the bottom of the blanket up to my like my knee. Uh-huh. So like my feet are dangling off, but you gotta go through, you gotta come up onto the bed, go back down under I gotta know that motherfucker's there before he even gets close to my feet. <laughs>
1: It's funny, like the reasoning you go through and be like, if my feet are wrapped in a blanket. <laughs> yeah, can't exactly. Get me.
0: Well, that's the thing. That's, that's actually what I wanted to bring up right here was this thing about Steve. I am obsessed with Stephen King. I am so sorry. I talk about him all the time. <laughs> she knows it's like constant. But there's a thing about Stephen King where he uh, is giving an interview. He talks about it all the time. But the very specific interview I get is when he's talking about the remake to it in 2017, where he says, even now as a grown man. I am terrified of dangling my feet off the edge of the bed. Like, I just don't do that. That's not something you do. But there's something magical about a blanket that if you're under the blanket, even as an adult, Mm -hmm. the things can't get you. When you're sick, you want the blankets pulled up to your neck. When you're scared, you want the blankets pulled over your head. There's something magical about a blanket. And when he said that, I'm like, this man is 70 years old talking about being terrified of, like, what's (laughs) under his bed and, like, wrapping himself in a blanket. He's real for that because, honestly, same. Like, uh, we, we typically don't share a blanket we have two separate blankets um (laughs) because we're because we're both our blanket hogs big time and so we We would be
1: the couple that's like one rolls and pulls the blanket away and then the other person grabs it and pulls it back like
0: so it got to the point where it's like two separate blankets (laughs) and even then i cocoon myself because i'm like nothing can fucking get me yo i am safe as shit underneath these
1: blankets i think that is so funny like when in scary movies when like a child like a child or someone gets scared and they pull the blanket over their head and it's like
0: Honey, like, so yeah. <laughs>
1: um, what what's doing, that doing? Yeah. <laughs> Except for making it so you can't see what's coming,
0: right? But the, that's actually what she does in the movie. Yeah, Sawyer gets in in bed after um, I think she like falls out of bed or some shit. Uh, oh, she pees herself at the at the therapist's office. And she goes home and she's all sad. And she gets in bed and she lays down. She pulls the blankets over her head and she's like playing with her little she has like a, a ball looks like that looks that looks like the moon. It's shaped and looks exactly like the moon and it glows to mm-hmm. you know give her light. And she's underneath the blanket and she hears her sister come in and she's like, Sawyer, she are are you okay? And she's like, I'm fine but I feel like I'm going to die. And it's like, she's so funny. The mm-hmm. that little Sawyer is so it's goddamn true, funny. Yeah. Best lines in the whole movie were hers. She's hilarious. Her comedic timing was fucking great. <laughs> the scene where they're at the the sleepover and the dad's talking to the older sister and she just randomly throws cheese at his face. Like, it's like <laughs> shredded cheese. Thought that shit was hilarious. Uh-huh. But back to my point, she's hiding under the blanket and instead of like the creature, I just think it's funny because the creature could have decided right then and there, like, I'm going to get you. And so she stays under the blanket and then only after she's like, I think the sister says something like, "Hey, look at me," or something like that, and she comes up from underneath the blanket, and there's nobody there, because I even think the the it's not I'm not saying that's what they're going for, but in my head I equated that to even the monster fucking knows blankets are a home base. You are safe under that <laughs> shit. You can't get God underneath the blankets. You know what I mean? And I really like that scene because weird clue we're not clued in that it's the monster until later on because yeah. we're getting that scene simultaneously with another scene, and we think that Sadie is going to the bedroom to talk to her and she's not. And then when she comes up out of the blanket and no one's in there my skin crawled and I was like, this is awesome. That scene is terrifying. <laughs> but yeah, there's just something magical about a blanket and even the monsters know that, okay? That's where I was going with that. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of... I just want to actually say that I think one thing I really did enjoy, enjoy about this movie was the comedic timing. There was a lot of moments in this where people were laughing in the audience and it mm-hmm. wasn't like constant like fear after fear after fear. And anyone who... Like talks about horror, creates horror uh, movies or novels or whatever. They tell you that you need to have um, some sort of levity to like break that because you don't want your reader to be constantly or your mm-hmm. your viewer to be constantly terrified. You need some sort of pressure release. And I really think that they did a good job of like adding in the comedy at the specifically right moments. Yeah. I think the comedy was well earned and it didn't feel cheap and it didn't come after the scare. Like, Jurassic Park did that, where it's like, this is clearly meant to scare a child, but then it delivers a comedic moment almost immediately after to sort of be like, ha, 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 like, look, don't be scared. This let you sit in the fear, but later on is like, let's go ahead and release the tension here and give you this quick little jokey joke. Ha, ha, she's throwing shit at at her dad. I just thought that was funny.
1: Yeah, I agree. Like, there were definitely some good, funny moments that didn't seem, like, too cheesy.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. You know what did feel cheesy though. This is where I was going with that. I'm sorry. I was gonna take this somewhere that I thought felt, because uh, that felt good. What felt cheesy to me was the fact that she goes to the Billings house mm-hmm. after you know his kids are all dead. Yeah. Uh, he's committed suicide. The house and yarder and I mean just shambles. Mm-hmm. The the pool is black. The the lawn's disgusting. Inside the house is just torn up. There's no electricity. And then she just runs. There's candles everywhere, which. I got... That just fucking drives me nuts. There's candles everywhere, and yet somehow they're always, like, going, but never burned all the way down. It just... I was like, there's no fucking way.
1: Oh, and also somehow this this creature can control the electricity in the house and make it so you can't turn on the freaking light.
0: And also can blow out the candles, but is terrified of light. So, like, how does anyone ever use lights? Yeah. Like, it made no sense.
1: And how... Like, that's my biggest pet peeve is they walk into the house and they, like, flick on the light. Like, the house that they've lived in this whole entire movie and the lights have... Been, which also... They never have the lights on. Why? Like if yeah, I the get scared, are never on. like she gets scared in the kitchen and she opens the fridge and uses the light from the fridge. I'm like, just turn on the light. Right. Like, when you walk
0: into a room, do you not turn the lights on? Yeah. Especially when it's like two in the morning. Like don't that's, turn the lights that's,
1: on. that's Kyle's biggest pet peeve with me is I turn, turn on the lights on and leave I them on. don't <laughs> shut them off. But it's just like in these movies, they're like walking around the house in the pitch dark and it's like, who does right it's like
0: two in the morning and it's pitch dark out and you're just like cool why are you uh, not
1: turning on the light i'm
0: turning the light on every time i go in or out of a room i'm turning the light on and then off when i leave you know what i mean but what really cheesed was just like really cheesy to me was having the mother and the wife of the bill like the billings children's mother and the billings man who kills himself his wife
1: yeah so the billings we didn't really touch on that the billings are the family that the boogeyman terrorized before he moved on to the family that is featured in the yes. movie. Yes,
0: and that's because he killed himself in the house, and the sort of yeah. kind of expands into the, their their territory too. So the boogeyman can now go to their house. Yeah. Another thing that felt messy: How's the boogeyman get around? I'll get to yeah. that in a second. Let me you finish this from thought. House to house? Let me finish this thought. The cheesiness of it: that house is so fucked up and destroyed. There's no possible way anyone could live there at all. There is no chance someone lives there, and she's just there with a shotgun. Ooh, well, she's
1: obviously crazy at this point.
0: But like. <laughs> Why not move? Your because three kids are you. your three kids are dead and your husband has killed himself and you're still living there and you've just let the whole thing go to shit. Everything goes to shit. It says murderer on the outside of their house in spray paint. Like you're just falling apart. But the best thing to do is keep all of the lights on all of the time.
1: But that's what she was saying. The mom was saying, the Billings mom was saying Wherever that it go. will follow yeah. you. Like you, there's no getting away from it.
0: But my whole thing with that, I know she, she says that and that is true.
1: And as far as having the lights on, I reach all the time. They clearly showed in the movie that somehow the Boogeyman can control the electricity.
0: Right, so then why, this is what I'm getting at, so then why at the end of the movie is Sawyer safe when she has those lights wrapped around, those Christmas lights wrapped around her? Wouldn't the Boogeyman just be able to be like, no, no electricity, bam, done, turn it off. How the fuck, where are the rules? Yeah. Where are the, you are setting me up, I need to know the rules of how this thing operates. Even it has rules. Yeah. Pennywise has rules it operates by. Boogeyman just is there. And can control electricity sometimes.
1: Yeah, and isn't
0: always hungry. She so doesn't always kill. He takes his time killing. Okay, that's one rule I can accept. But where's the rule on electricity? This woman has to live with candles. Mm-hmm. But the thing, when Boogeyman decides to come,
1: when he walks past, when he the walks candles past candles, he
0: blows them out. Yeah. When he wants to turn the electricity off, he turns the electricity off. He blows out bulbs all the time. He won't let her turn the light on in the closet when she when uh, saw it, when Sadie's trapped in there with him. What are, the, what are the rules? It felt cheesy. It's too to much me. gray area. Like, way, like, too it's much, way too gray much gray
1: area. It's like, how is he doing this, but not this?
0: The whole going to the Billings' things house just like fell flat for me. I just couldn't get by that. I didn't like that at all. But felt they have cheesy. to give you the
1: story, like that's how yeah. you have to figure out yeah. what the monster is
0: for sure. And I hated the scene that capped that. That the, the the capper for that scene is her telling Sadie, "Don't move. It's right behind you," and then shooting a shotgun shell past her head. <laughs> To get the boogeyman, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> there are lights on. We didn't see nor hear the boogeyman in that scene, but the woman just says boogeyman's there, and then she fires eight, nine, ten shots before fucking Sadie can even get out of the house. Ha- like the whole thing, just to me, I saw that scene. I was like, this is so gross. Just stop with yeah. this. I don't. I it don't like def- this. It
1: was definitely messy. Like, it was, it messy. was a messy movie. It there was just too much gray area. Where like, why is? It, why can't they turn on the light? Right. Why? And what's
0: with like, all this, like, as they're going into the house, the, the boogeyman's rotting the house. There's, like, black vines throughout yeah. the house. What the fuck is that? Yeah. What is that? That's not even explained. And they don't <laughs> do anything with that. They're just like, yeah, it's crazy. like, crazy. the walls of the house.
1: Whatever.
0: Yeah. It can go wherever those vines are. Well, someone explain that because how is the right. boogeyman in her house almost killing her and then going after her little sister, sending her to the hospital, right? Then, an hour later... It's inside. It's not. It's not even in that woman's house until Sadie gets there, and then the woman ties her to the, uh, to a wall or like a post because she's gonna lure the boogeyman in with her. Yeah. And she unclicks the the huge like floodlight, mm-hmm. and the boogeyman just suddenly is already in the hallway like I'm a coming, blowing out these candles, bitch. It made no fucking sense. Yeah. Like,
1: are there m- multiple boogeymen?
0: Boogeymen. I would. Uh, I wish that that was established.
1: Because. Yeah, as The we ending said, would like, probably
0: have you believe there are multiple boogeymen.
1: Yeah, because as we said, like, it goes from one house to the other quickly. Is it running outside? Right. Like, what's it, how's it getting? Is it just,
0: like, transport, like, is it, like, uh, is, like transporting from one to the other, like, some sort of portal? Yeah, how
1: does that part work? Because we clearly see, like, the boogeyman is actually, like, a real thing. Like, they set it on fire. It's a
0: tangible thing. It can get hurt. So they shoot it many how times. how is it
1: getting from place to place?
0: Sadie even says one point. I saw it bleed. We can kill it. I know how. And it's like, cool, dude. But like,
1: and then all of a sudden, like all of a sudden, it's just like appearing in the closet. It's just appearing in this house. Like,
0: and what kills me is where does Sadie find Sawyer at the end of the movie when she like goes down to the basement? She's in in a closet. closet. With fucking Christmas lights wrapped around it. The yeah. boogeyman would be able to... You'd think the boogeyman would be like, this is my domain, bitch. I rule the closet. Yeah. No electricity.
1: Like, it either needs to be more paranormal, like, more, like, like, figment of imagination, or...
0: Follow the rules consistently. Yeah. I just felt like it didn't really follow any of the rules it had established for itself. Yeah. Uh, I think that it has really cheesy parts where you're like... Which which the the rules the breaking of the rules bends the or lends to the cheesiness of it because you're like yeah oh, okay so it's just magically here yeah, all of a sudden it's like
1: manifesting here and then it's like manifesting here but like mm-hmm. if it's manifesting like that then you wouldn't be able to shoot it and make it bleed as they say or like you it would be just able like, to be like oh I'm gonna get shot. boom gone set it on fire agreed like
0: agreed yeah it's just like that really that really bothered me we were talking about things we liked and immediately got back to this because I think that's just like it's there's a lot wrong with this movie I yeah. Think. I also I
1: honestly think there's more I and I'm an easy person to please when it comes to movies, more wrong but there is right. more wrong than right in this movie.
0: Yeah. It feels like we're harping on it because we are. This is like a movie that is not gonna get a good grade from one of us and the other one is gonna be explained. Yeah. So I think overall like would you recommend would you say, Hey, you should go check out the Boogeyman?
1: I think the movie was interesting. Like, the movie, like, it kept my attention.
0: You were so scared at one point, you were cowering behind me.
1: Yeah, it kept my attention. It was jumpy, but, like, when you look back on, like, the story of it, you're like, wow. Mm-hmm. You're like, how is this happening? How is this happening? Right. But I guess if you, as Kyle says, suspend your disbelief, and you just go to watch the movie and be scared, like, it does that.
0: That's the one thing I will say it does really well, is the scares. They work. It does scare you. They do you. work. They're not cheap. They're earned. The one scene in the closet when you don't realize that the thing... Uh, when she's like pulling on the closet door and she can't get out, mm-hmm. the boogeyman's staring at her the whole time. Yeah. That whole scene, the boogeyman's right there, but you don't see it because it's so dark. Yeah. And then she looks at it and it like lurches at her. That I have goosebumps, goosebumps because that scene fucking got me. I didn't see that coming. I yeah. didn't see that coming. And all of a sudden you're like, oh fuck. So the scares work. If you want to be scared, this is a decent movie to get scared at because mm-hmm. it is PG 13. You are not going to see arms and limbs getting ripped off here. There's not going to be guts spilled. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You don't even see the thing when it gets shot. You don't even see it happen. Yeah. And she's like, I saw Bleed. It got shot. We didn't see that. So I'm a little also like annoyed at that. But you're not going into this and you're not going to be like, I'm going to have nightmares about blood and guts later on. It does an effective job of being a jump scare movie. It's good at that. Mm -hmm. It never strays into blood and guts territory, which is also nice. But you aren't invested in the story because the only person I actually enjoyed in this movie was Sawyer, Mm -hmm. the little girl. I thought she was a funny, I thought the character was funny. I thought the actress, that little actress, she did a great job. (laughs) And she, she great scream. When mm-hmm. she was scared, she had to scream, loved it. That's really important when you have little kids, they need to be able to scream really well. I just think, like, outside of her, the story makes no fucking sense. Yeah. There are too many goddamn holes. So, mm-hmm. what I recommend going to see this, I would, with a caveat, yes. Yeah. Go in with an open mind. Know that the story isn't going to be all that captivating. Just go to be scared. Yeah. Just it's go to be scared. It's a good,
1: scary movie. With a subpar story. Yes.
0: And I think I would say, if you're not into scary movies, this is a good starter scary movie. Yeah. You're not going to be terrified the whole time. Mm-hmm. You're going to get plenty of breaks. They're going mm-hmm. to break up the tension with comedy. It's 93 minutes, not a huge time commitment. It's this, not isn't gory. this isn't hereditary. This isn't midsummer. It's not three fucking hours long. So, and it's not gory, like you said. And it has moments where you are legitimately scared, but it doesn't like, like, force feed you those moments over and over yeah. and over again where you're like, I can't handle it's this. It's
1: spooky, it's creepy, it's the monster in the dark, everyone's afraid of that. Yeah,
0: it tackles fears that everybody has.
1: Yes, but subpar story. Don't read subpar too much story, into the yeah. story, don't try and figure anything about uh, out about the boogie, the boogie Man.
0: The reason I'm going to be so forgiving with my grade when it comes to that is because the story is not great. Mm-hmm. But I can also give a little bit of leeway with that because the short story itself is like ten to fifteen pages, I think, mm-hmm. and it's the scene where the therapist is talking to Billings. That's the whole short story. Oh, the whole short story is when so Billings, the man who kills himself, is the main character in the short story, and the therapist is oh, wow. actually the boogeyman. So he goes into this guy's office, he's talking to the boogeyman, and here who he's talking to who he thinks is a the therapist, and you're kind of fifty fifty on if the boogeyman's real or not. Because these deaths seem really like this guy's kind of crazy. He's he, like they don't build up any sort of sympathy for him because he's an asshole. He talks about how he never really loved his kids, mm-hmm. he hated them at one point, except his youngest. And he got really tired of his youngest at one point and knew that if he left her alone in the crib at night in her room, the boogeyman would get her. Mm-hmm. And he did it anyway because he's just so tired. So you're like, did this man fucking kill his kids? But at the end, he stands up to leave, and the boogeyman pulls off of the the therapist pulls off his face, and it's the boogeyman, and you're like, mm. ah, okay, still a dick. So you don't really feel bad, but that's the whole short story. Is that little five to ten minute scene where Billings is like, it's the thing that comes for your children when you're not looking. Yeah. that's the whole short story. So, <laughs> so they literally I literally
1: had to make create like create the whole movie. I'll
0: give them credit for trying to you to trying to take a fifteen page short story that is not at all what the movie is and create something around that while still also being faithful and loyal to the short story which is Billings. He sets the whole thing in motion.
1: So I definitely feel a lot better like knowing that because I feel like I feel bad crapping on this movie because like Stephen King is like such a homie, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, see, we we have to, so like, we don't have to, but like, we feel like a connection to Stephen King mm-hmm. because he's from our home state and he's Stephen does, King like... has
0: a connection to my family immensely because him and my uncle were neighbors, so they knew each other a long time. I knew him. Uh, when my uncle died, he sent flowers to the funeral. Like, I'm not saying have a relationship with the man, but I am saying that his paths in life have crossed my family's path in life. Yeah. And also the fact that he was a teacher at my high school before I was ever a student there, but a teacher at my high de- school. Yeah, so we
1: definitely feel like a, connection. a connection.
0: because you know a lot of people don't make it out of Maine yeah. and for a guy to do it and also be so closely
1: tangled like in tied. someone with
0: my family. Like, I I have to support... I have to like everything. Yeah. I don't have to. I choose to. But it's, it's also a gratifying feeling of, like, seeing someone make it out of a state that you don't see a lot of people making it out of to yeah. do anything. And
1: it's also just really nice because, like, he obviously like he loves Maine like he and every one of his books he mentioned like they're set in Maine so that's really nice because I feel like there's not a lot of books out there not a lot of material material out there period about Maine like Maine just is kind of like this mystery state we get
0: geeked out when we're on watching Sopranos and in the first season they go to Maine and in the second season they meant or in the the sixth season they mention Orno Maine and you're like oh my god you know, like yeah. you love it, you're so excited. Even yeah, I look at because, you, and I'm like, oh, we're no, in like yeah, nothing we just happens, get mentioned,
1: like so little, like, right?
0: Nothing ever happens exciting in Maine all that so much. It's so just it's just like, fun. we
1: definitely, I like that by crapping on this movie, we're not crapping on Stephen King because the movie really is just like kind of like, lightly based on his,
0: his short story. It's very lightly story. based. I'm talking that 10 to 15 minute or that five to 10 minute window is is Stephen King. Another thing is that actually in the 90s, Stephen King had a contract that anytime he sold a movie or movie rights, the movie had to be filmed in Maine. There are exceptions to that. Uh, in the '80s too, it was—I think it was actually just the '80s, early '90s. Um, but fact-check me on that. But he had <laughs> a, in his contract that every movie needed to be shot, filmed in Maine, using Maine supplies because he wanted to stimulate the economy in Maine. Mm-hmm. As someone from Maine, you have to root for someone like that. Yeah, you have to. So I feel like I feel like my grade's also being swayed on that. But you know, I just had to get that off my chest and say that I'm a little biased in this. Mm-hmm. So when you hear my grade, I'll explain more. But like. Just keep in mind that I'm a little biased yeah. to be like, I really enjoyed it.
1: But I I felt bad shitting on this movie because like in no way, like I don't want to shit on Stephen King. Love him. And the thing is love like, what he's done for the state of Maine. Love that he brings yeah. attention to the state of Maine for us mainas. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. um the movie just was not good.
0: <laughs> yeah, the movie was not all that great. And when we shit on the movie, I will say that we we've talked we've harped on a lot of the bad things. But like the scares, I've we've already harped on it enough. I'm gonna say this, and then we'll be done. But the scares in this balance out with the shittiness of the movie. I think the scares are worth sitting through the shitty story. I yeah. really do. I think. If I you're mean, like,
1: Kyle actually had to yell. Like, Kyle actually got mad at me because I screamed in his ear. I was gonna say,
0: don't. I didn't yell. I was going say, I didn't <laughs> yell at you. My goodness, I literally turned to him. I was like, can you stop? Because you were literally head buried in my shoulder, right next to my ear, going, no, 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 no. And I was like, hey, dude, whoa, hold up. You gotta give me like, you're in my fucking ear, yelling. Yeah.
1: And he's like, can you stop?
0: Can you stop? Like, you know, I wasn't trying to be a dick, but I was like, right in my fucking ear, you're louder than, like, the movie is you right know, now. it was
1: kind of <laughs> annoying. I pulled my it was, hand out of the It was cast head. making no, her... No, more holding hands.
0: It was her trying to pull her move. She was like, he's not going to put his arm around me, so I'm going to jump into his lap. That's what it was. She's trying to make a move. We don't pull. Three and a half years,
1: no moves are pulled anymore, all right?
0: Yeah. So, <laughs> let's go ahead. And I think with that, we will jump into our last section, which is... Our grade and MVP. Yeah. So, what? At the end of the day, uh, we've we've harped on it, so I feel like your, feel like our opinions are pretty much well known. I feel like our grades are pretty much out there already. But at the end of the day. What would you give this movie and who is your MVP? If you have one.
1: Yeah, I mean at the end of the day, I feel like I have a hard time like giving low scores to things. Like I don't know if I would ever give a movie like one star.
0: I've done it, don't feel bad. That's the movies you like?
1: Yeah. I gotta I gotta give this movie one and a half boogeyman.
0: One and a half Boogeyman. That fucking hurts. Ouch.
1: It just was, Ouch. Yeah. And I feel like definitely like, maybe while I was watching it, like it, it may have been a two, but definitely like diving in and like talking about like the nitty gritty and like talking about like Is all married. had time to
0: marinate and like sit in it. All of
1: the holes this movie has and like it, it just tries to get by with like way too much gray area. Like it definitely knocks it down.
0: Yeah. I, I yes, understand where you're yeah. coming from because I mean, you, I don't want you to like give your grade thinking it's going to upset me because there are plenty of movies you watch that I'm given like this is like I Dear like, Evan Hansen what? I fucking like, hated that I movie liked yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> so like don't I don't want you to base your grade on that so I'm glad that you gave it a truthful one and a half book yeah that's fair
1: and then I feel like MVP like there's only one person in this movie that can actually get an MVP who Sawyer
0: yeah okay she's
1: the only one in this movie that actually I mean Sawyer's like, the little the little, little one person. okay yeah. cool and yeah 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 yeah, like, yeah, Sadie, yeah, yeah. The movie was definitely, I feel like, majority It was of Sadie's best. movie. It was Sadie's which movie. I
0: didn't expect because the trailer, I thought, made it seem like it was going to be Sawyer and the dad.
1: Yeah. I really did. It definitely and it's was mostly Sadie's Sadie. movie. And Sadie was good. Sadie was a good character. But Sawyer just was like, she was good at this, like, this jump scares. Like, she was good yeah. at the screaming. Like, she was good at the scares. And she was, she was also really funny scared. and was the comedic relief of the <laughs> yeah. movie. So, Sawyer.
0: The scene with the bow and arrow on Zelda, she's using it to light the room up because yeah. she's scared to go get the light. Which, first <laughs> of all... I'm not sitting in the dark, dude. Turn the fucking light on. Yeah. Why are the Why are the lights not on in this house? Okay. Right? are like They're not, she's not sitting on. in the
1: pitch She's sitting in the pitch black downstairs. There's not a single light on. And
0: and she's scared of the dark. That's another thing I don't she get. Is. She's like, terrified of she the dark. She literally goes she's to bed with like
1: her room like all lit up. Like yeah. She ha- what the, the, fuck? The, the lit up moon ball. She has the nightlight. She has like string lights. On, her right? moon ball isn't in the weather, I don't think. is a little bit of everything. Is light. She's clearly terrified of the dark. Yet yeah. she's going to sit downstairs in the pitch black alone in the pitch black. With all this
0: shit that's been happening, and scaring her. Yeah. Wow. That actually just like that actually just like shifted a lot in my head cuz that hurts. <laughs> that hurts. So I'm going to say that I don't give out 0.25s for movies. Yeah. I, I am strictly against 0.25s, 0.75s, but this is a movie Why? that in my mind it's messy. It gets way too messy when you start adding in 0.25s because <laughs> what's to stop you from adding 0.26, 0.28? You know, I don't yeah, like that shit. Let's keep it into weird. halves. Let's keep <laughs> it into halves. So, I, I this is a movie, though, that is not a three-star movie, in my opinion. That is not a 3.5. It's definitely somewhere in the 3.25 range no. for me. Yes, and let me explain. <laughs> for all of its faults, its shoddy storytelling, the shoddy story in general, the plenty of plot holes that uh, exist throughout the monster's abilities and powers in question i and the dad being absentee entirely until the very end where it's like all of a sudden he saves the day by going to therapy like the ending when he goes to therapy i just there's a lot of flaws but i do think the scares really work and the fact that they didn't have a lot to work with using the short story and also tried to confine the short story within there i liked that um also stephen king i'm gonna go ahead and say i love stephen king so I will say I gave this a three and a half on Letterboxd because coming out of the movie, I was jazzed. The energy was amazing in the the movie. Like all the people in there were great. And then the movie, I was like, this is scary enough. But in talking with you, I was like, okay, this is lowering (laughs) to a three. (laughs) Now that we have discussed the scene where Sawyer is attacked by the boogeyman, it brings it down even more. Oh. Because <laughs> that actually just doesn't make sense. She is petrified of the dark. So afraid of the dark that she has... She goes
1: to therapy She goes for to the therapy dark.
0: for the dark. She peed herself when she was put in the dark, right? Yeah. And she had the, the glowing light in the room with her at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, she pissed herself during that. She sleeps with a glowing moon orb. She has light, Christmas lights strung all throughout her bedroom. And she has a mobile that changes colors and spins around the room while she sleeps. And you're telling me that at midnight, she is sitting alone... Where's her father, by the way, sitting alone in the living room, playing video games in the pitch black dark after everything that's gone down without any sort of light. Fuck that. Mm. That hurts the movie. That hurt me. That hurts the movie. That hurts the grade. So with all that said, I have to give this two and a half boogeyman. Yeah. I do think that my original grade and I will stand by it. I gave it a three and a half boogeyman. I will leave it as it stands on Letterbox at a three and a half. I'm okay with that. I'm giving it a two and a half here. Mm-hmm. Mainly because I don't think, knowing all the holes that go into this... I don't think the scares even out anymore. I really don't. I really did. I know I said it ten minutes ago. The scares even out the story. I don't think so, actually. Now that we're talking about it, I really fucking don't anymore. So two and a half. But I do think the scares keep it from being a fucking one or two. I think this is a passive movie that was good for entry-level horror movie fans that might like not want to be into horror movies or might want to get into horror movies but aren't. This is a decent place to start because yeah. you gotta get used to horror movies not making sense and just being scary. So I feel like this is a good place to start yeah. for that. Also
1: we just talked mentioned the dad, the dad is a freaking hypocrite. First off, oh, you the don't biggest, the you didn't biggest even hypocrite. like, like the dad is not really likable. Hold on. Before movie. we
0: get too far, I want to save that for the, the ending. I want to do that in just one second. Let me give up my MVP and we'll dive into that because we talked about this. I have one more thing going on after this. My MVP, I'm going to keep it short and simple. Sawyer, you've said every reason why she needs to be MVP. The actress and Sawyer, the character, were just phenomenal. Yeah. That's it for our ratings, our MVPs. We're going to jump into our final section. I know I said our final section, but we're going to do our final section Uh. Let's break out the toolbox. (laughs) So this is the first time we're doing this. Uh, Cass and I are going to say one thing that we think could have fixed this movie a little bit. What is one thing you would have changed about the movie that would have either been more enjoyable or make this movie better? Do you want me to go first or do you have something locked and loaded? I got it. Okay.
1: The Boogeyman needs to either be, like, a real creature or... A figment. A figment of your imagination. like, Mm -hmm. Or more supernatural. Like, it's just, like, there's... It just has too much gray area. Like, it can bleed, you can set it on fire, but yet it's somehow manifesting in all these different places
0: it felt sort of like a michael myers-esque character where it is the pure essence of evil it can get shot and killed and still stand but michael myers doesn't teleport michael myers isn't like stalking the darkness he doesn't like live in the in the darkness he is confined by physics and has to travel like a normal person and it felt like they tried to make the boogeyman feel like a normal living creature like a spider or something but also has a little bit of this like super pick one yeah is it supernatural or is it like is
1: it real or is it not is it a figment of their imagination or is it actually there
0: right like well not even a figment of their imagination is this something that is confined by our physics and can be shot and killed like a normal thing or is it something that can travel through darkness like there has to be i feel like there has to be a specific way like a wolf um i'm drawing a blank a wolf man what the fuck are they called werewolf werewolf thank you (laughs)
1: like
0: they have to be killed with silver bullets yeah. Or, like, eaten by a vampire or some shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know the rules in Twilight, but I feel like that goes somewhere in there. Uh, they have to be killed a very specific way. This just felt like, yeah, you can hit it with your car and it'll die. You just gotta get it in the but street. But it doesn't die. It does it, but it doesn't die.
1: Like, it's just fuck? weird.
0: So I think I agree with you that the rules needed to be abided by more. There needed to be yeah. clearly established magic system, as Brandon Sanderson would say. Yeah. There needs to be magic system here and we need to have rules. Yeah. and You can't break it.
1: And I also, I also want to mention the dad.
0: Yeah, because that's what I thought, my bad with that. I, when I stopped you earlier, I want to say I'm sorry. I thought that's what you were going to say no. here. I didn't think you were going to say that. So think, I'll let you go well, here. I think
1: here. the part of the movie that would honestly help it the most is making the boogeyman like less gray with the boogeyman. Yeah. But the dad is just like, I feel like you're supposed to like him.
0: Like, you, you're, he's like a wounded man and you're supposed to be like he needs to like find his path back home. Yeah,
1: but you don't like him. Now he's like, a dick. He, he's never around. He doesn't believe his daughters at all. Like he thinks they're all lying and it's like the psychiatrist and they're like oh, it's, it's just in your head. Like it's like and he
0: refuses to grieve but forces the them to go to therapy the to talk thing about it. Like,
1: that's why he's a hypocrite is because clearly you see in this movie like he's forcing his kids to go to therapy but refusing to talk about anything yeah. on his like, own. Even mind. with his
0: kids when his daughter's like can I talk to you about mom? He's like you should bring this up with Doctor. So ther- so. She's like,
1: you should talk to your therapist. He's,
0: she's like, I don't want to yeah. talk to her. I want to talk to I you. Want- You're my yeah. dad. But he is such in like this like therapist mode. But I also feel like he's trying so hard to be. It's like he wants to be a doctor, their their doctor, by like forcing them to go to therapy and shit. But also is like, oh, but hang on, I'm your dad, so we can't have the like. I, it just felt weird. It's like, what are you trying to right. accomplish here? You a dad like, or are you their doctor? Yeah. Like, like you pick should one. never
1: like if your child wants to talk to you about like grief or... Like, you have to... You have to talk to them about it. You can't be like, no, 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 no. Talk to your doctor. Right. I
0: don't understand that he's grieving too, but as a therapist, as a psychiatrist, as a psychologist, wherever the fuck he is, he knows that kids would probably need to talk to their parents about these things. They lost a parent and their other parent has shut down completely.
1: Yeah. He knows that. Yeah, and he clearly understands, like... That his daughters need therapy, but for some reason he is struggling. But he doesn't need therapy, right? Like, it's just he's like,
0: struggling more than more than any of the other so ones. and He's you, not going. Yeah. to Yeah, so it just
1: makes you dislike the dad. And I feel like in a movie like this, like you need to love the family. Yeah. Like you need to be scared for them. You need to be worried about that. Like you don't want them to die. And it's just like the dad, like kind of sucks.
0: Yeah, I agree with you one hundred percent. I at first I was like, oh, this he's really trying to be a good dad. He's like taking them to school. He's telling her have a good day. You know, wear your mother's dress. All this stuff, and then he's just like. Oh, yeah, no, I can't talk to you about any of that bullshit. And then he disappears for 90% of the movie. Where okay. the fuck are you, dude? What are you doing? So yeah. I agree with you 100% on that. My apologies for... I thought that's what you would say. I didn't realize you were going to say the boogeyman things. That's why I kind of held you off. Yeah. There. I would have said that. My biggest thing is make this bitch R. Make this motherfucker rated R. If you're going <laughs> to have a movie that has a not great story with plenty of holes and only use jump scares... You really want to lean into those scares and make them gory and bloody and make yeah. this, uh, it would amplify the terror. I Like I said, fine movie for beginners right now. Because there is no blood. There's no guts.
1: <laughs> you horror movie beginners, you.
0: not don't you dare give it that connotation. <laughs> we we are, are an open community well and we want everyone to join. seasoned
1: in the horror movie genre.
0: Okay, speak for you. I'm well seasoned. You're still, you're still... <laughs> I'm elite in your advance, okay? That's where we are in At that. At this point, I've seen pretty
1: much as many scary movies as you have. But
0: I would say that, like, for me, I think to make this movie much better, if you're going to have, like, a shoddy story, you can forgive a lot if you see a lot of terrifying images. Mm-hmm. Make this, make us, let us see the Boogeyman fucking rip that Billings woman to shreds. Let us see the Womans shoot the motherfucker like the and have dead. him bleed. I wanted to see the evil dead blood and guts. <laughs> I really did. This would have ampl- That would have amplified this movie because there's no story here that makes sense or is even remotely good, okay? I'm going to say it. And enhancing it with blood and guts and gore would have made this 10 times better. I know I'm, you know, uh, being a hypocrite of what I said earlier, but I do think to make this better, that's what you need to do. Also, fuck that ending. Fuck the ending where my mom's here all of a sudden and she's saving the day because she keeps trying to use that lighter to get it to bend left because the spirit's here. Oh, I like that. Bullshit. I like
1: that. So the whole movie, the Sadie, the oldest daughter, is trying to like get a sign from her mom, like talk to her mom. She wants her mom to show that she's there. All right. So she says that this, she has like a candle on there say like, mom, if you're here, like bend it to the bend left. the flame to the left and it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. And then they're downstairs with the boogeyman in the basement and there's no lights. And the only thing they have is this lighter and they can't get it to freaking light. And all of a sudden the flame shoots up huge. It's huge. And I'm just like, I looked at Kyle. And I'm like, it's their mom. I'm yeah. like, their mom's doing
0: that. Yeah. It was a and huge I flame. Loved, and, uh... I
1: I, I'm a
0: sucker for shit like that. Boo. And then you throw in the fact that the dad is like, I'm going to therapy now and everything's great. And then, uh, the, the daughter, they all leave and the therapist calls Sadie back in and the therapist therapist is like, Oh, I'm in the closet, sweetie, come in here. And she goes to the closet and then the therapist, comes she's like, what are you doing? And she turns and looks at the therapist and looks at the door and closes the door. I understand that whole thing is meant to be like, she's kicking the grief away and she's really pushing past the grief. Terrible, man. I, yeah, that's
1: what I thought you were gonna say was bad. Honestly, I liked the scene in the base in the basement where like the like the like fire from the lighter. I'd have liked all it if big, the father had and, stepped like, up you and done something. Not, well, the father's leg is broken,
0: uh, but which was cool. He did break his leg, and that was nasty. I did like that. I was like, oh damn. But,
1: I liked that part. I liked the, like, the mom's there. She's, like, coming through for her family.
0: But wouldn't you have felt it would have been a better redemption for the father to get on her good side and not just be like, yeah, at the end of Man. this and my my daughters were right and I believe them now. I have to go to therapy. Yeah. I think him stepping up and being like, I'll take, like, him using some sort of way to, like, get the, kill the, the creature would have been a lot better to me, I think.
1: Whatever. I mean, he does help. we to push on from help, the mom. Like, we need to get over the like, grief. he does help because you yeah. see the... This... Creature is, like, sucking the life out of Sadie or whatever, which hasn't done that in the entire movie. and Makes no
0: goddamn weirdness. sense. You, like,
1: see it's, like, sucking, like, what is that? Like, the Dementors in Harry Potter. Yeah, he's
0: sucking, the like, the uh, blackness out of her, and you're like, this is terrible. And
1: then the dad gets up and hits him, and...
0: Yeah, but I would like to see him actually, like...
1: But I thought the part himself. you were gonna say that you didn't like, which I also Closing didn't really like, bar. was, like, you they burn the monster, you think it's dead, and then they're at therapy, and all of a sudden you... Like the therapist calls her back in, but it's not, the therapist isn't there and it's something in the closet and then she just shuts the, it's like, is it, it just, just let it be dead. And
0: the real, exactly. Let it go. We could have had a nice ending with them going outside, everyone hugging and then watching them get in their car. Like they've healed. They're healing. They're leaving the trauma behind. Okay, awesome. They tried to do that same thing with keeping the boogeyman alive. They tried to get that point across being like, look at her. She closes the door. and She pushes past it. No, because we all know you've established in your rules, yet again breaking them, that the boogeyman won't leave you alone once it started attacking you. Her closing the door isn't going to do shit. When they get home, the boogeyman's going to be there. Yeah. Like, their own rules. They're not following them. Yeah. Like, it just, it it grates my, like, when they did that, I audibly groaned. I was like, oh my, (laughs) come on. Even the dude next to me. The dude next to me said, don't do this. And I was like, amen, dude. A fucking man. Because like the ending was so fine. You wrapped just it up with a bow. Let him walk out of there. The dad's finally crying about the mother and like talking to them. They could have gotten in the car. Let's go get ice cream and hug and shit. Fine. Awesome. Love it. Great ending. Why did you have to add the extra shit?
1: Yeah, I agree. I'm just saying.
0: So anything else you want to talk about, are you good?
1: I think we should wrap we it up, baby. We
0: are done. That is the boogeyman <laughs> coverage. We are getting the fuck out of here. The
1: one more time for all the listeners out there, the boogie woogie woogie man.
0: Oh. <laughs> so, for updates on the podcast, again, slap a follow down at movieguy__kai. underscore Kai. You can follow me there. Uh, you can follow me on TikTok at movie guy underscore uh, guy movie guy underscore Kai. You can follow me on Letterbox at that boy Kyle seven uh, seven seven. You can email us with suggestions at kk night at gmail.com. Feel free to drop those. Cass is really looking forward to yeah, that.
1: You can message either of us on Instagram, too. Yes.
0: Yeah. You can your? tell them your handle, though, so they can message you. My
1: handle is just Cassidy Turgeon. Is it, actually? At Cassidy Turgeon. No. Yeah. One S. One, it's K-A-S-I-D-Y. You know, I didn't know that. I thought it was, like, numbers the If you can't end. find me, though, like, Kyle t- tags me on his. Yes. Just, yeah.
0: I tag her in the posts. Uh, I post it on my actual personal story, uh, which is at that boy Kyle 777 But... If you are listening, I am obligated to say, please share, please rate us because it helps us. I do have to say that we were up and at them for 72 hours and already have hit almost 200 downloads. To a lot of people, that might not seem like a massive number, but for us, that is awesome and we greatly, greatly appreciate every single one of you that has downloaded and listened. You guys are fucking fantastic, but please share us, let a coworker know, let somebody know, put us on for your dogs. Tell your grandmother about us. You know, we're just two two people that like to talk about movies. So, uh, with that, I bid you adieu and go watch a fucking movie.
1: Go watch a movie. Happy Friday.